Hey, what is up, party people? Welcome back to the Trans Squad. I'm your host, Sarah, who has just had a time and a half last year, but uh, is back in action now. Huge shout out to the people who have found the pod while I've been away. I literally get so excited whenever the anchor stats tell me someone new's found the pod. I'm hoping to get back into it this year, and to start off, we've got chapter 71-72, which, uh, yeah, wrap up the Valor tournament. No content warnings for this, only vibes. Chapter 71. Restraint. Don found Thomas, Megan, and me after the battle. That was wild, you guys. Congratulations, Evelyn. Thanks. Looking forward to battling you soon, I replied playfully. Her grin slipped. Oh, I... I didn't win. I blinked. Oh. Yeah, you're battling Zeke Wren. Eight badge trainer from Veilstone. Thomas said when I looked at him. I can tell you about their team. I looked into their past battles after they won. Okay. I turned back to Don. I'm sorry I wasn't there for your battle. In all honesty, I hadn't expected it to be her last battle. Partly because I knew she was a strong trainer, partly because of, well, the tarot reading. Me and Don facing off made too much sense not to happen. It's okay. You had to focus on your battle. I get it. I, well, I mean, I actually went down to the registration desk to sort some things out. Even more reason, then. We returned to the Pokemon Center so I could put my Pokemon through healing. Lucas had already gone off with Jonathan, but the four of us stuck together and found lunch at a festival stall. There was nowhere to sit in the third-day crowd, even the sides of the walkways were packed, so Def teleported us to the lakeside. We sat on boulders and watched the waves lap at our toes. Thomas told me about Zeke Ren's team, Dawn adding what she'd learned from her quarterfinal. We covered the basics, their team, some of their moves, and then we talked about other things so as not to overload me with information. Kurt took a nap in Megan's lap. Megan was thrilled. Two hours rolled by. Most of what I remember was the surprising quietness of the lakeside, and the sounds of 18 Pokemon having fun together, and the rare joy I felt in this strange group of friends. This will be a five-on-five double battle between Evelyn Myers of Twin Leaf Town and Zeke Wren of Snowpoint City. Substitutions will be made as necessary. The battle will end when all Pokemon on one side are unconscious. Battlers, are you ready? Ready. Yep. I scanned the audience, looking for familiar faces. Megan, Thomas, and Don had chosen seats on the left, where I could see them. Lucas wasn't with them. I wasn't sure where he was. But I did spot Andy Wynn and Renee sitting with Michelle Wolf, and Sean with Ashley and her friends from Sunny Shore, and to my right there was Matthew and Emily Wu, and a girl with soft curly hair sitting between them. It felt like every trainer in the world was in this stadium. I held the shiny stone pendant on my necklace and steeled myself. This was a semifinal. People tended to watch those. Relax, Evelyn. Battle, begin. Gardevoir, goodbye. Faith, Kurt, it's yours. The start of battle fanfare blared through the speakers behind me, making me jump. All right, Faith, let's get it started with some confused rays. Kurt, let's see how fast we can get the Gardevoir down. Faith sank into the sand of the beach terrain. Kurt darted to the middle of the field and shot forth a dark blast. Gardevoir disappeared, letting the blast fly harmlessly into the arena wall and reappeared a few feet above ground. I frowned. Why? Guys, it's an earthquake! Kurt surrounded herself with a protect. Faith flew out of the ground right behind Gardevoir and flung a confused ray at him before he could react. Gardevoir fell back down, and the shaking stopped almost before it began. Okay, good dodge. Kurt, now's your chance. As Kurt charged, Gardevoir duplicated himself tenfold with double team. Kurt easily picked the right one and rammed headfirst into him with what looked like faint attack. 
He stumbled and teleported away, ending up 20 feet high. The ground shook before I could respond. Kerr was on the ground and Faith had landed, so the earthquake hit all but the Gardevoir, who fell hard onto the sand. Gardevoir, magical leaf. Gardevoir shot out leaves that made a sharp U-turn and slammed back into him. Nice, confusion was going well. Faith, put the goodbye to sleep. Kurt, keep it up with the Gardevoir. Faith bounced through the seaside surf. The watery side of the battlefield was slightly sunken into the ground, allowing some mechanism to simulate beachy waves. She ducked under a flamethrower, heading toward the Gobite. Kurt got up from the earthquake and shot a dark blast at Gardevoir, following it with a bite. Goodbye, Draco Meteor. Goodbye sidestepped Faith's hypnosis and shot a sphere of orange light into the sky. It climbed to the top of the arena, where it burst like a firework into dozens of meteors that shot back down all over the field. Sand and water sprayed, and I covered my face. I felt my feet slip out from under me, under a simultaneous earthquake, and toppled backward, landing hard on my butt. When the shaking stopped and I looked up, both Faith and the Gardevoir were down, and Kerr was shakily getting to her feet. Gengar and Gardevoir, unable to battle. Thanks, Faith. Rest up, I said, calling her back. Draco Meteor didn't normally have the range to be considered an all-hit move. That Gobite was intensely powerful, even pre-final evolution. Prom, I'm gonna need a lot of ice. I warned the weasel I was sending out. Got it. Kerr, I'm gonna need ice from you too. On it, she said, looking wobbly. Zeke sent out a Flygon, another good reason for ice, who immediately unleashed Dragon Breath at Kerr. Prom rocketed into the air with Aqua Jet. Kerr rolled to the side and limped toward Flygon to try and use Ice Fang. I winced. Maybe Ice Fang wasn't the move for Kerr, I thought, right before one last earthquake took her out. Prom, hovering with Aqua Jet, was perfectly fine, as was the Flygon. Were Flygons flying ground? Or were they ground dragon? So it shouldn't shouldn't affect her? Or no, they had levitate, right? Kerr return, I said with a sigh. Sorry, girl, that's on me. Hey, it's okay. Don't get in your head about it. I heard. I nodded. Right, sorry. I hunted for another Pokeball in my pocket. My mind immediately went to Hope, because, you know, flying type immunity to Earthquake, but of course she was exempt from battle still. I threw Def's Pokeball. Okay, Def, double team. Assist Prom using Ice if possible. Prom, your Ice attacks are our best shot of taking out both of these Pokemon. Be careful out there. D'accord. I got her. Dragon Claw, Shadow Claw, Zeke called out. Def duplicated himself and made the copies teleport all over the beach. Flygon lashed out at a few with Dragon Claw, but never quite hit. Prom flew past Flygon in his Aqua Jet and smacked him with an Ice Punch in passing. Gobite hit a deaf copy with Shadow Claw, making it disappear. She swiped again as Prom neared, but a pink psychic glow pushed Prom very slightly to the side, allowing him to sock Gobite in the head with ice without getting hit himself. Doing great, keep it up. Earthquake! The ground shook. A couple of fake Gallades disappeared, but Def managed to pull the rest off the ground in time to dodge. No one else was affected. Prom hit Flygon with an Ice Beam from afar. Goodbye. Keep going for the Gallades. Flygon, dig. Flygon burrowed into the sand in the middle of the battlefield. I took a mental note that an earthquake would be unlikely in the last minute or so. Gobite kept swinging and missing. Prom scored another ice punch on Gobite while she was distracted by the fake diffidence. Flygon emerged suddenly and took out a deaf copy, but that was all. Prom nailed him in the wing with ice beam. Goodbye. Get the buizel out of there. I tensed. Prom had heard that too, so I wasn't too too worried about him getting hit by another attack. Gobite geared up for some sort of blast from her mouth, while Prom swooped past Flygon and nailed him with another ice punch. Gobite let out a spine-chilling roar that traveled across the field, hitting... hitting the glade that appeared between him and Prom. The double team disappeared. Def dematerialized into red energy and swooped back toward me. I felt his Pokeball open within my pocket to let him in, while another ball cracked open to let someone else out. Wait, shit! The referee blew her whistle. Unauthorized Pokemon on the battlefield! She announced, her voice booming through the sound system. Arceus. 
I whispered, staring at the blissfully unaware Togekiss sitting in the sand. A few officials jogged out from the sidelines to converse with the referee. The audience buzzed with anticipation. This was bad. The tournament rules had a few options for this kind of situation, but the fact that I'd specifically requested Hope's exemption complicated matters. Worst case scenario, this could disqualify me completely. But maybe since it wasn't my fault she was out there, they just let me call her back in and we can just continue? Relax. It's okay. I took a deep breath and looked over at the audience. Don and Thomas were talking nervously. Megan noticed me and gave me a smile and a thumbs up, and that, more than anything, settled my nerves. The group of officials separated, and the referee proclaimed, After a brief discussion, the ruling on the field is that the battle will continue as a six-on-six -six match. My heart sank. It wasn't a forfeit, but Hope was back in battle. It's okay. You haven't even jumped in time yet, have you? That's true. I haven't. That would help me protect Hope if something went wrong. Prom, focus on the Flygon. Hope, uh, dodge everything. Stone Edge. Both of Zeke's Pokemon shot razor-sharp stones at Hope, who took off. The stones burrowed into the sand at my feet. I jumped aside, but they didn't reach me. Prom slammed into Flygon with ice in his jaws, knocking him out. Flygon is unable to battle. Cacturn, needle arm. Prom, the goodbye is next. Hope, don't go so high. Hope had already ascended halfway to the top of the arena. I heard a faraway, carefree chirp. Prom swooped past the goodbye, who dodged his ice punch but not the follow-up ice beam. I could tell she was almost down. Cacturn swung and missed, and Prom landed on my side of the field and shot an ice beam that narrowly missed her on its way to Gabite. Gabite was gearing up for another stone edge into the sky and didn't notice the oncoming ice in time. She roared and toppled over backwards. Gabite is unable to battle. Nice job, Prom. Hope not so high, please. Zeke ran and pulled out another Pokeball. Blastoise. I narrowed my eyes. I didn't understand their picks. Cacturn made sense against Prom, but less so since they knew he had ice moves. And water against water? Hope, shockwave on the Blastoise. Prom, ice, but you might want to stay distant. Avalanche and Giga Drain. Prom's ice beam and Cacturn's Giga Drain met in midair in a battle of strength. Hope swooped around the ice boulders tumbling down, weaving between them narrowly enough to make me nervous. Shockwave shot down at Blastoise, hitting dead on. Sir. Prom and Cacturn were still locked in their standoff when water swept the battlefield, hitting them both. Cacturn held steady, but Prom was knocked back, his ice beam aiming wildly. The Giga Drain pushed past to reach him finally, sapping energy from him. I squinted across the field. Was that Ingrain? Prom, the Cacturn can't move. Hope, Shockwave again. Shockwave hit easily, but the Blastoise's avalanche was too close for comfort. One rock hit Hope in the back and she swerved, squealing. My stomach flipped. She'd been climbing higher and higher during this time. Hope, you're too high, come down from there. I got her, said Prom. He used Aqua Jet to climb up to her. Landing on Hope's back, Prom put up a navy blue protect bubble around both of them. They started to fall, something, something Bernoulli, Hope can't fly like that, until they were at half of Hope's original height, when Prom let go of the protect and Hope regained purchase of the air. Prom jumped down, using his fall to boost an Aqua Jet that hit the rooted Cacturn in the head. Nice one. Prom retreated across the field, and I realized the Cacturn didn't look fazed. Like, I got that it was a water move and the Cacturn was ingrained, but that should have done something. Avalanche, hidden power, at the Togekiss. Hope, dodge! Hope started soaring upward to evade the moves flying at her. Prom ascended with Aqua Jet once more and landed on her back, gently directing her back down. Icy rocks and orbs of unknown energy zoomed past them. I heard an upset chirp up there. Prom, try fighting from up there. He unleashed an ice beam at the Cacturn. Hope dodged another avalanche by veering sharply left, tipping Prom from her back. He controlled his fall somewhat with Aqua Jet until the hidden power hit him and he tumbled the rest of the way down, crackling with electricity. Hyper Beam. Prom scrambled to get back up and protect Hope. 
Neither of us realized the Cactron wasn't aiming for her at all. The blast slammed Promise into the wall of the arena. Front row spectators screamed and ducked away from nothing as he collided with the wall below them and fell to the ground. Pieces of the wall came crumbling down around him. Buizel is unable to battle. Return. Thank you, Prom. I said to my unconscious Buizel through his Pokeball. Def, is he okay or does he need urgent care? Promise will be alright. I nodded. Thanks. I wasn't inclined to send out trust just yet. Because, sure, Def was important for communication, but there was also a Blastoise out there. And he had Surf. Def, it's yours. Get the Blastoise first. As soon as Def appeared, Magical Leaves flew toward the Blastoise, who countered with a stream of water. Kytron was still recharging after the Hyper Beam. Hope was climbing again. Hope, don't fly so high. Def, who was conveying messages for me, looked up. Hope glowed pink and sank lower in the sky. The water pushed the Magical Leaves back as Def split his attention. Hope's good now, thank you, Def. Teleport out of there. Def disappeared, letting the water shoot right through where he'd been standing, and reappeared next to Blastoise to slash at him with Leaf Blade. He vanished again after the hit, but not before Cactrin nailed him in the stomach with a needle arm. Alright, Blastoise, avalanche! Icy boulders once again appeared in the sky, this time right in front of Hope. She ran right into them and spun out, flapping wildly. A pink hold took over and straightened her flight path. Hope flapped to gain height as soon as Def let her go. The second hold returned to restrain her to a reasonable height. Hope chirped in frustration. A hyperbeam blasted into Def, knocking him head over heels across the field. Hope, newly freed, took off into the sky, flying straight into an avalanche. She tumbled downward and I fumbled for her Pokeball. Def pushed himself up, arms shaking. He caught Hope with Psychic, which slowed her fall and stopped her spinning before she hit the ground. The Blastoise shot a water pole at him, breaking his concentration, and Hope fell the last few feet down. Sir! The surge of water swept Hope and Def across the field. The two of them tumbled over the sand and the concrete beyond it, rolling to a stop before the wall. Gallade and Togekiss are unable to battle. Shit. I recall them both, heart sinking. Three to five in a double battle was all but a definite loss. I took a deep breath. The battle wasn't complete yet. We would not give in before the very end. I threw my last Pokeball. Trust, it's yours, I said, feeling determined. Then I happened to glance into the crowd. I was looking for my friends, but I aimed high by mistake and found someone else entirely by chance. He sat like a steel pillar in the middle of the excited crowd, gray-blue and still as death, staring straight at me. I froze. Cyrus. Flamethrower, get the Cactron first, I yelled, trying to focus. Trust flung flame across the beach. Blastoise wiped it out with a brine attack and followed it with surf. Trust couldn't dodge, but he kept his footing as the wave passed by him. Change of plans, go for the Blastoise. Mock punch. Hyperbeam, Gyro Ball. Trust splashed through the surf, ducking under another one of Cactron's lethal hyperbeams. Blastoise withdrew his head and limbs and began to spin, using Gyro Ball in a sort of defensive maneuver. Trust hit him anyways, using a mock punch absolutely bursting with fighting energy to send Blastoise careening into Cactron. Sir, Brick Break. Trust jumped over the waves that washed his way and landed a left-handed chop on Blastoise's head. Cactron was recharging still, but I realized how thoroughly undamaged she was. Did Cactrons have the water absorbability? That would explain all the surfing. Water Pulse. Mock Punch. Trust's Mock Punch aimed below Blastoise's Water Pulse. Both hit. Trust fell back, spitting out water. Blastoise toppled over backwards. Blastoise is unable to battle. I snuck a glance at Cyrus, who'd turned his attention to the field. He looked back at me, and I looked away. Why the fuck was the literal head of Team Galactic here? Mamoswine. Ancient power. Dodge. Flamethrower. Rocks formed around Mamoswine, but aimed too high to block the flame Trust blasted forth. Blaze is active, I realized. That meant Trust was almost out, but we could make it with fire moves. 
The flames fanned out over the beach, easily hitting the still-rooted Cacturin in the giant mammoswine. That said, neither of us quite realized the ancient power had gone up only to come down, and it hit Trust dead on. He staggered back, holding his head. You can do it, Trust! Muck Punch, put fire into it! He reared his fist back. The glow of fighting and fire energy surrounding his hand rivaled the blaze atop his head. Mamoswine moved to dodge, but couldn't escape Trust's boosted speed. He crashed down on his side and struggled to his feet. Mamoswine, Earthquake! Don't let him get up! Trust flew in with both fists emanating fiery orange-red energy. He hit in front and circled around the side of the gigantic Pokemon to hit again. Cacturn extended tendrils of grass energy forth, but couldn't figure out how to get at Trust without hitting Mamoswine. Mamoswine managed to get back to his feet. The ground shook, knocking Trust over. He hit the ground on his side. You good? I said instinctively, forgetting all my psychic and aura communicating Pokemon were down. Yeah. I heard anyways. What? The voice had spoken to me a few times throughout the match, I'd realized, but I'd been too focused to realize I didn't recognize it. Or, no, I, I did recognize it, even though I'd never heard it before. Trust? I heard a laugh that was absolutely my starters. So you can hear me. I wasn't sure. I risked another glance at Cyrus. He was no longer looking at me, but... Jump on Mamoswine's back, I yelled out loud. I saw Trust frown. But we can talk silently, he said, jumping up. Later. I couldn't risk Cyrus knowing what Trust and I had just learned. And I hated that it meant we couldn't celebrate this major development in our friendship, but Galactic couldn't know about Oracom. So Trust jumped on Mamoswine's back, where Earthquake couldn't hit, and whacked him a few more times with what I'd loosely been thinking of as Rocket Punch. Mimuswine tumbled forward, sending Trust flying, right into the path of one more hyperbeam from Cacturn. Trust somersaulted through the sand and came to a stop at the edge of the gentle seashore waves. Infernape and Mimuswine are unable to battle, which means Zeke Ren of Snowpoint City is moving on to the finals. I exhaled and walked across the battlefield. The originally loose sand had been washed over with water so many times, it was nearly solid ground. I knelt in the surf and pulled Trust into my arms. Well done, Trust. Take a rest now, buddy. As I pulled Trust into his ball and shook hands with Zeke Ren, I glanced again at Cyrus. A chill ran down my spine as I realized my friends were sitting just a few rows in front of him. Chapter 72 What I'm Trying to Say I dialed Looker as I rushed back to the green room. Cyrus is here. Where? In the stands, south side. He was watching my battle. I grabbed my backpack off an armchair in passing. I'm on it. Revive definite and get to the center. I'm gonna find my friends. Don't do that. You can't stop me. You'll be leading Cyrus right to them. I froze mid-stride. Fuck, he was right. I don't know where Lucas is, I said, suddenly aware that I was shaking. And Megan... Megan's here. I'll take care of them. You get to safety. Lynn? Okay. His voice softened. I'll see you soon. He hung up. I dug through my pockets for a revive. I felt sick. Galactic knew Don and Thomas, sure. And Lucas, too, which made me worry about his whereabouts. But they'd all been fighting Galactic for months now, and at least they were all six-badge trainers well-versed in battle. They'd made the choice to stand against Galactic time and time again. Megan had done no such thing. She hadn't acted against Galactic or agreed to do so, and she couldn't defend herself the way trainers could. In theory, there was no reason Galactic would go after her, but I realized very suddenly that there was nothing I wouldn't do for Megan Talbot, and that was all Galactic needed to know. Someone entered the room. I jumped, but it was just Ashley de Leon. She frowned. You okay? Uh, yeah. Ashley paused. 
okay, well, if you need help, I should be free in like 30 minutes? Or now, if it's really bad. Thanks, but I think it'll sort itself out, I said, hoping it would. Good luck. Thanks. She walked out to her battle. I revived Def, and soon we were in the lobby of the Pokemon Center. Megan and Don were already there. What's going on? Looker didn't explain anything. Cyrus is here, I said. Thomas appeared with a Natu. Galactic's top commander. Lucas took a little longer to show up, but he teleported in with a Natu, his Alagazam, and Jonathan. As I explained the situation to them, I heard a ping from a Poketch. A message from Looker. Have Pokemon out. I'll be there soon. So the six of us waited in the lobby with several Pokemon out, and I got my team healed, and we watched the semi-final match between Ashley and Sean Obi on a screen above the fireplace. I checked my bag in case anyone had dropped something in it while it was unattended in the green room, but found nothing. The door slid open, and I did a double take. It was Looker, but in plain clothes. Dark rimmed glasses, a greenish plaid shirt and gray fleece vest, navy slacks. He looked like an accountant, or somebody's dad. Everyone okay? We gave him scattered confirmations. I followed him to the lake's edge, but he let out a Porygon Z and disappeared. So, what, he was just here to observe us in battle? That, or observe just you. I blinked. Why me? You did make it farthest in the tournament. Maybe the fact that you reached the semifinals scared them. We don't know for certain that he wasn't here for the other battles, though. But why not just watch the live cast? Don pointed out. It's nationally televised. Lucas shrugged. Why are your friends from Twinleaf here? Being physically present at an event changes everything. Camera angles dictate your perspective of a battle. Witnessing it live would give him a better idea of what it's like to fight you. But that's speculation, I said. You said he went down to the lake. What if they're gonna... I trailed off, not wanting to ask about the galactic bomb in such a public place. I doubt it. That shouldn't be for another month. Looker frowned. I'll check on the other lakes to be sure. At any rate, you all should stay around other trainers and Pokemon. And when the two of you are ready to head home, I'll take you directly. He said, pointing to Megan and Jonathan. That's not abusing your IP powers? I asked him, shocked. Civilian protection. Lynn, I still need to talk to you. Everyone else, thank you for your time. Lucas and Jonathan headed back outside. Dawn watched them leave with kind of a forlorn expression on her face, but stayed with Thomas and Megan in the lobby. Looker and I rounded the corner to the elevators. Did he contact you? No, I only saw him in the audience. Did you check your bag? Yeah, nothing there. Good. Aside from checking the lakes and bringing your friends home, I'll be staying around here for the time being to keep a lookout. Okay, appreciate it. Looker was silent for a moment. He opened his mouth to speak right as I said, Um, could you actually take Megan back now? So soon? Yeah, I just, I, I don't want her around Galactic at all, if possible. Looker nodded. Alright, I can do that. Were you gonna say something? He shrugged awkwardly. No, I... well, I saw your battle. I cringed. Yeah, that was rough. That's not what I meant at all. He said, surprised. Even with the unexpected circumstances, you nearly defeated a powerful opponent. Not to mention you reached the semifinals of a national tournament. And it looked like you didn't time skip even once? I... yeah, but it wasn't... Uh, I, I still didn't beat them, and I still haven't found an anchor. I, I'm working on it, though, I added quickly. What I'm trying to say, Lucas said deliberately, is that I've been simultaneously over and underestimating you. All of you, really, but you especially. You're an extraordinary trainer, and if you're in the top 2% of this tournament, but can't single-handedly take out the Galactic, that's not your fault. It's mine. I shook my head. Looker, it's not your fault. No, this isn't me trying to guilt you. He said, raising his hands. This is me saying there's more I could be doing. And you know this already. I know this. Even though it's taken me this long to come to terms with the fact that, well, that you're right. 
Galactic is stronger this time. And IP rules aside, there are more people I should ask for help. I blinked. You don't mean the Sinnoh League? I mean, they are charged with protecting the region. We can start with just a few, because I still want to limit how many people are involved behind IP's backs, but- Looker, that's amazing, I said, beaming. I'm so glad. I hope you're not offended, he said, looking genuinely concerned. I don't mean to insinuate you're not enough, it's just one or four trainers against an entire- I'm sorry I insulted your battling abilities last week. It's okay. I'm sorry I blew up at you. I know you're doing your best, you didn't deserve that. Looker gave a small laugh. Well, hopefully now I'll actually be doing my best. In the silence that followed, several pieces clicked together in my head. Looker had shown up quickly, but in plain clothes, and he knew I hadn't skipped in time during my battle, which, as he'd pointed out, would be impossible to know through the continually shifting cameras of live television. You came to my battle. I did, yeah. My own parents hadn't even come to watch. It was really impressive. I'm glad you're the one I'm working with. Not that I wasn't already, but- I hugged him. He tensed like he didn't know how a hug worked, but put his arms gingerly around my shoulders. I'm glad to be on your team, I said. I sent Megan home immediately. I'll see you tomorrow, though, I said, sort of as a consolation, even though she didn't seem that sad. Megan smiled. Okay, I'll see you then. I nodded. Maybe she wasn't the one I was consoling. There was a tug somewhere in my chest, like my throat was trying to pull up secrets and breathe them free, but I wouldn't know what words to turn them into. Megan, I might or might not have feelings for you, but also maybe for Thomas and I'm not exactly over Lucas. What kind of a confession was that? I turned to Looker, who was waiting by the elevators. He walked over. Ready? He asked Megan. She nodded, and he let out a pair of Natus. They vanished. I should have hugged her, I immediately thought. No, then Galactic might get ideas, I argued. And you'll see her tomorrow. I'd regret it till then anyways. Don and Thomas were still in the lobby. Thomas was watching the semifinal highlights on screen, but Don was looking at the spot where Megan and Looker had disappeared. Ashley won. Don let me know as I approached. I nodded. Okay. Do you guys know what you're doing till tonight? Thomas checked his poke etch. My family's sticking around till the trainer ball, and I still gotta rent a tux. I don't have any plans, Don said, shrugging. We stuck together through the finals between Ashley and Zeke, Zeke ran one, and then Don and I separated from Thomas. It was a little awkward at first. Don and I weren't exactly strangers, but we also hadn't really hung out one-on-one before, but pretty soon it felt natural enough. Don was easy to be friends with. Don and I stopped at a shop in the resort to rent formal wear for the trainer ball. I eyed the men's section. There was a mannequin wearing a light blue shirt and navy blue vest with silver roses shimmering on the back, but I followed Don to the dresses. Over the course of the next hour, Don found a dress almost immediately, but stuck around to help me out. Instead of letting me settle for one that fit, mostly, and I liked, kind of, she pushed me to keep looking until I found one I really loved. I didn't know it was possible to find that kind of thing, but when we eventually left, I was carrying a long navy blue dress that made me feel like a princess. I was embarrassed to have taken so long, but immensely grateful for her help. We spent the last few hours leading up to the tournament getting ready. Don offered to do my hair and makeup, and I agreed, having no idea how to use a curling iron or the various face paints she pulled out of seemingly nowhere. So what's next for you? She asked me, brushing my eyelid with powder. I'm spending a week in Twinleaf, but Snowpoint's next, I said, eyes closed. What about you? I'm heading to Snowpoint in a few days. Lucas, too. The brush left my eyelid, and I took a peek. I caught a glimpse of Don looking forlorn again, before her brush returned to my eye. How are you and him doing? 
like, as an item? We haven't really talked about that yet. You're really lucky, though, I said, letting a little jealousy leak through. Just finding someone, both of you. Yeah, she said unconvincingly. I frowned briefly before realizing I needed to keep my face still. Are things okay? I asked her. Open your eyes for a sec. I obeyed and watched her examine the symmetry of her work. Things are good with Lucas, but it's hard feeling like you only have one friend, you know? Do you not... But you were, like, super popular at school, I said, omitting the worry that she didn't consider me a friend. Dawn shrugged and swapped her brush for a black pen. I closed my eyes. No, keep them open, she said, reaching up to line the edges of my eyes. I struggled against the instinct to shut them tight. I thought I had a lot of friends at school, Dawn admitted. When we were picked as trainers, though, I think... I don't know. It felt like everyone I considered a friend resented me for it. I overheard Zoe telling Kenny I was lucky, but like, implying there wasn't any kind of merit involved. And then when we left Twin Leaf and were on our own, I realized there wasn't anyone I knew well enough to vidcall. Not like Lucas and Jonathan, or you and Megan and Trisha. I was silent. The idea of Don Berlitz being jealous of me in any way was too bizarre a thought to respond to. Don let go of my face, and I blinked wildly, trying to dispel the tears that had built up in the eyes she was lining. It's fine, though. I've got my Pokemon. I've got Lucas. I think I've got you and Thomas as friends now, too. She moved to my other eye. I'd say you've got us, I said. At least, I sure hope you do. I'd like to be friends. Through my already watering eye, I saw her smile. There was a nervous sense of anticipation in me all afternoon, once I didn't have a battle to think about and Cyrus was gone, there was nothing prevented me from overthinking the trainer ball. This was... this was the night last time when Lucas and I danced. This was the night that felt like a million gold lights, and even the distant, conjured memory of it made me warm and happy. Tonight had a lot to live up to. by Tim Markham, Zeke Ren by Becky Abraham making their debut, Don is voiced by Emily Liu, and the ref this time is Caitlin Watkins. Andy Wynn voices Promen Looker, Omar Gomez voices Definite, Emily Keshner voices Megan, and my son Naveed takes a break from the titular role of Grunt number one to voice Trust. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. What am I saying? Favorite podcast app, rate the pod five stars. Check us out on Instagram at Chance Out Loud. Uh, lately, I've been posting voice actor intros featuring some very mid drawings of my friends. Uh, all links should be in the description. Uh, yeah, that's all for now. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Words. I'll see you next time for <laughs> the Trainer Ball.